time for question of the week. Thanks for stopping by for question of the week. Question of the week. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Fever Criminal Theater Question of the Week. I am once again here with my good friend and esteemed colleague, David Coggin. David, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. The sun is shining. It's the summer transfer window. Euros, Euro 2020 is going on. Uh, yeah, just so much to be excited about. Um, it's a great time uh, to be a soccer fan. It really is. Oh, yeah, Concurrently, yeah. we have Euros, which have been fantastic, and we're going to get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the Copa America that I've been able to catch a few matches of. And if you're like us and fans of a team in transition, the summer transfer window being open has offered a lot of Twitter checking and getting a lot more familiar with Fabrizio Romano's Twitter page than you ever thought possible. But yeah, we talked about the Euros. We had the big Denmark game today. We're, we're taping this on Monday night. And David, I don't know, you know, in the last European championships, we had Iceland as the big story that we came out of that with. I don't know if it's going to get much bigger than Denmark beating Russia today, four to one. Yeah, that, uh, man, uh, I mean, I, I can't, I, I thought they were done after, you know, all of the events in the first game. I, I was like, there's no way they, you know, they can come back from that. They, A, they lost their best player. <laughs> and B, you know, all the emotional trauma right there has to, you know, again, can't even imagine playing that scenario. But again, poetry strikes again and you can't i mean you can't even write this yeah i mean that's 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 fiction stuff like that's tv show kind of material like i i probably watched that highlight back four or five times just to relive it because especially the the christensen goal i think it was probably i I know domsgaard who's we're going to talk mostly about transfers tonight. I think Mikel Domsgaard's transfer value has like quintupled since this tournament started. Um, yeah. But I never, th- I never anticipated myself saying, wow, that Andrews Christensen goal was, you know, a panty dropper, but it was like, that was still you, rising you, as it hit the net. You and every Chelsea fan ever. No. <laughs> Man, it was, that game was exciting, had all the, the drama, the emotional element to it. Can't wait to see what else the Euros serve up the rest of the time. But we are, of course, here to talk about your beloved club and FIFA Career Mode Theater subject, Arsenal FC. David, what do you make of all of the various transfer leaks that Arsenal has been caught up so far this window? Because there's a lot of them. Yeah, usually we can make two squads with the players that we're linked with each Mm -hmm. summer. Um, we might can make an entire league's worth of squads this time around because the, you know, usually people have a pretty good idea of like what we're working with in terms of financially, um, you know, what, what's the budget things that are being tossed, tossed around. And, you know, this summer we have everything from, we have zero money to, you know, we have $250 million to work with. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, being an Arsenal fan for the last 15 years, um, I'm going to come in on the lower end of that in terms of my expectations. <laughs> and 
you know, the sense that we're going to have to sell a decent amount of people to have a nice budget to work with. Um, but you know, it's, it's June. I'm, I'm naive still. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hopeful and, uh, we'll see where, we'll see where things shake out. Yeah. And Arsenal is not one of the, you know, oil baron slash sovereign ruler owned clubs. So like, presumably pretty significantly affected by COVID. So like you said, the, the variability between how much money they might have, how much they end up spending, I, I think is really interesting. Now there have been a couple of players that either are one foot out the door, like Matteo Guendouzi. It looks like he's headed to Olympic Marseille, um, but that move heard. Jacques's name mentioned, still uncertain if Joe Willick is going to you know, make his move permanent to Newcastle. I, if I'm Arsenal, I'm I'm holding on to him. Um, but there are yeah, Bellerin's on that list of like may go, Bern Leno on that list of may go. Like you said, they if there is that need that a lot of teams have nowadays to sell players before you can buy, it does seem like there's going to be some turnover in the Arsenal squad one way or another. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, out of those names that you just mentioned, um, I would uh bite off my hand to see uh Granit Xhaka leave he like when when you watch our games we're severely lacking that that technical midfielder that can find not the not the last pass but the pass before that um kind of you know he he slow he slows down pretty much any attack we uh have and then obviously you have the boneheaded mistakes on the defensive end that I mean, he, again, say what you want. Apparently, you know, he's got some leadership qualities, but uh, he's just not cutting it on the field. So please ship him off to Roma. That would make my day. Um, please, just for as, the memes. I, I, need, I need a Jose Mourinho, Greenwich Jaka mashup in my life. Yeah, uh, no one knows what is going to happen there. But yeah, and then there's the category of, I wouldn't, I don't want them to leave, but if they don't want to be here, then they can go and that, you know, you got Hector Bellerin and Bern Leno. Um, that's kind of where I'm at on those two. And then Willick, I hope we keep him, but we'll see. I would understand if we wanted to cash in after he scored more goals for Newcastle than he had for Arsenal, basically in his whole career. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a sort of a, a sell high argument there to be yeah. made. Um, with I mean, the last thing in people's minds about Joe Willick and the Premier League is scoring a goal every game. So mm-hmm. if I'm Arsenal, I'm playing the long game. But yeah, there there is an argument to be made there in terms of is interest going to get any higher with them. Now, another interesting one that I don't quite understand is Aston Villa's interest in a Mill Smith throw. It's <laughs> like, first of all, they already got in Buendia, which was another uh, target for Arsenal that got plucked off the list. Uh, but it's a pretty substantial amount of money. But I, I don't know if there's any amount of money that if, if I'm Arsenal, I'm listening to for Smith Rowe because that boy good. No, I, I think my my bet is they're just uh, kind of trying to swoop in with this contract situation happening that like, I mean, obviously we're, we better extend his contract, but, um, you know, they may have just tried to make a little cheeky bid in the midst of all that just attempt you know, attempt to cash out, but word on the street is he said no to Barcelona last year. So yeah. like, 
Well, you don't you don't want to go to Aston Villa instead of Barcelona? Like, what's... Yeah, I mean, there's uh, the weather's great up there, so yeah. I hear. Um... <laughs> so you're in and you watch the team all the time. Um, yeah. Just based on how things went last year, some of the links that have been generated so far, what do, what do you think the team needs? We'll get into like who might fill that gap here in a minute, but in your head, what, what's the biggest need for Arsenal right now? Um, I would I would say that uh, that holding midfielder that has a mixed skill set in terms of attacking and defending, disciplined <laughs> disciplined central midfielder um, that can link the defense and attack. That is obviously Thomas Partey. He did not have the best season last year, but you know we don't have anyone that can make that link, and I think that is uh, pretty key in terms of taking that next step from the Arsenal we were, we were last season to, you know, becoming an Arsenal that is dangerous. And then obviously I'm hoping the solutions at center back are on our payroll right now, but uh, we will, we will see about that. And then, um, you know, the rest of the rest of the needs will depend on departures and it couldn't hurt to add some, you know, leadership and some fire into the into the locker room whatever form that would come in so yeah, yeah. and not a not jaka shaped leadership in the locker room either no no we need we need someone that uh does not you know rally the troops and proceed to score an own goal and get a red card uh, we need someone that can like you know be a leader and not screw us over <laughs> Yeah. And like that, and we saw this past season with somebody like Ruben Diaz, like if you can get that leader on the field, organizer, everybody around it, like that's a, that's makes a big difference. So Mm -hmm. I know that's kind of, as far as advice goes, like, yeah, just get your version of Ruben Diaz is not super helpful, (laughs) but no. Yeah. Yeah, And to me, and to me, that needs to come at the center back position um, because that's where discipline starts. And um, you know, in, in my opinion, half of playing defense is being disciplined and organized. You know, it's less about the skill. So, again, someone like that would not hurt. Yeah. When you look at sort of the golden era Arsenal teams, like you had your Saul Campbells, you had your Martin Keowns there at the back to kind of manage everybody around them. Even if you do have a, a team full of world superstars, it does help <laughs> to have that field marshal there at the back now Cargan, we are going to play the game that everyone is playing right now we're going to throw our hat in the ring here which is just spouting off some names and trying to see if we can make something stick uh so what how we're going to do this is we're going to look at arsenal transfer targets at three different levels and david and i after some deliberation are going to give our pick at forward our pick at midfielder our pick at defender and maybe if we feel like it our pick at goalkeeper. And we're going to start with the men up front. David, currently Arsenal, have Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Alexander Lacazette, Nicolas Pepe. Those are your sort of nailed-on frontline starter kind of guys. They're waiting in the wings. You got your Eddie Nketiahs, Martinelli, Reese Nelson, those kind of guys that can rotate in both at winger and that pure number nine. So we have a Group that is special with Aubameyang and Lacazette, sort of an older, experienced frontline starter, and then kind of a drop-off to your prospects that haven't fully developed yet for guys like Nketiah and Martinelli. 
and then the ever mercurial Nicolas Pepe there in the middle, but it doesn't seem like they're going to be getting rid of him anytime soon. So David, I will ask you if you are put in charge of Arsenal football club, where are, which direction are you heading in with the forward group? My top target is uh, keeping everyone that we have yeah. uh, <laughs> to be boring. Uh, no, but seriously, we, uh, we are more stacked at on the attacking end than any other end of the field. And that is, you know, no surprise, but um, it wouldn't shock me if we lost Lacazette, but, you know, like you said, with Aba and Bukayo Saka being an absolute legend last season, like he, man, if there was any positive to take from last season, it was him. And then Pepe, you know, being on fire towards the end of the season. Uh, it, it's not looking like we're going to add anybody on that end, but if I had to pick someone right now um, that's, you know, relatively realistic, I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Malin from the uh, Era Divisi. <laughs> um, I have no issue with bringing him back and, uh, you know, bring him back into the fold and add him to the pot stir it a little bit and uh, see who comes out in the starting lineup. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great call. And we, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but like there's this sort of stigma about because Mullen was a, a former Arsenal farmhand uh, before they shipped him out to, and I don't know if it was directly to their divisi, but he, he wound up there, but there's sort of, like I said, the stigma around bringing back your old youth players, which I don't really understand. And it's like with Arsenal, especially like there are some, there's some studs out there that they just didn't uh, hold on to for quite long enough. Like Serge Gnabry comes to mind. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we just talked about Malin. Ismail Benacer is on that list too of guys that just sort of just wandered off the ranch and never quite came back. But I, I think Malin is, is a good shout. So like my mindset with looking at this for Arsenal is with Arteta's system, you're kind of looking at a, technical dribbly quick winger and then sort of a, a bigger fast forward to funnel balls into so like i had guys like marco asensio from real madrid um it sort of has the real madrid effect of not being as good as some of the other guys in the team and gets bumped down the pecking order so you could probably get him for relatively cheap <laughs> um musa diaby from leverkusen really leon bailey would also be good too um leverkusen just turns out talent like nobody's business and then as far as that guy through the middle, I had Tammy Abraham on this list. I don't know if Chelsea would sell him to Arsenal, but I think he'd be a good fit, honestly. Um, he's tall, quick, as is Alexander Isak, a Sweden striker, playing at Real Sociedad right now. It's 17 goals this season, 16 the year before. Um, it, price would be an issue with him. Uh, his transfer market is value is 44 million right now. So <laughs> I, I think Laka would have to get sold in that situation. But the guy that I have gone for, who I think I, I we can pretty much put him anywhere. Um, this is not Arsenal specific because his skill set is first of all extremely strong, and also just it's diverse. Like he's he's good through the middle, good in the air, good passer of the ball, good at setting up his teammates. Uh, my guy's Andre Silva, who has just been passed around clubs in Europe. I it took him a while to settle. Like he started at Porto, played at Milan. Has finally found a home in Eintracht Frankfurt. He's 24 years old. 
He hasn't played in England yet, but he, like I said, is playing in Spain, Italy, Portugal, and now Germany. He had 16 goals a year ago, which is a decent haul in 37 appearances. But then this year, he absolutely exploded. He had 29 goals in his 34 appearances. And if you look at the Bundesliga scoring charts this year, it went number one, Robert Lewandowski, number two, Andre Silva, number three, Erling Holland. So you get the sense that he's a very prolific scorer, but he's also good at setting up play and uh, getting others involved, which I think could play very well with the caliber of winger and other forwards that Arsenal have around him. Uh, is that going to happen? Probably not. He's probably a little too expensive and not quite on their radar at this point. But David, what do you think of Andre Silva? I'm never going to turn down a guy that scores that many goals. And when you talk about the trajectory of his career, you know, if a guy takes a while to settle and, you know, kind of he, he's a hot name for a little while and then he kind of falls off the radar, but then he comes back after settling to me, that shows, um, that shows that they've kind of overcome that expectation and that the, you know, they can handle the pressure. Um, they know what they've been around a little bit and, you know, he's in the prime of his career. So if we lose Lacazette and I say, if we lose Lacazette, if we decide to move on from Lacazette, that, He's a great option in my book. Yeah, the, the one downside with him is that he is a George Mendez client. Um, so you would mm -hmm. have to do a deal with the devil to, to bring mm -hmm. him in. I um, saw that today. I was like, oh, I know it's, that's, that is the, the big downside uh, for a lot of specifically Portuguese guys. Um, if, if you're dipping your toe in the transfer water, but that is our forward line. Coggin went with Daniel Malin to solve all of Arsenal's striking problems. And I went with Andre Silva. I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those. Now let's move on to the lads in the middle. Now the current players for Arsenal, we mentioned Thomas Partey. He was Arsenal's was it most expensive uh, transfer last season. Um, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. It was quite pricey, even if that yeah. wasn't the case. But he was the big get for Arteta last year. Uh, Moel Nenny still hanging around somehow. Yeah. Um, it was we, quietly we, very solid last year. Yeah. Or some played a lot more than you, you, you might realize. <laughs> but yeah. uh, Jaco played a lot more than I think most Arsenal fans were comfortable with, but he is still yep. technically on the team. Um, and then Emil Smith Rowe, who's a guy we've already mentioned, is a very, very talented uh, attacking midfielder coming up and through, especially if Arsenal, it doesn't look like they're going to try and hold on to Odegaard now that Ancelotti's back at Real Madrid, but kind of occupying that space and we'll get more minutes uh, coming up this year. Now, for me, this is Arsenal's biggest area of need. You already talked about the need for like a holding midfielder kind of guy. Um, but before that, a lot of the criticism from Arsenal was their need for a creator. And Smith Rowe has, you know, exacerbated that. Oh, excuse me. He has tempered that somewhat. Um, and then Odegaard as well, sort of, you know, patched the hole that was there last year on loan but they need a creator. They need a box to box guy. Uh, Ceballos isn't going to come back. For me, uh, a box to box guy, like we said, sort of either the holding or the box to box kind of guy is a bigger priority because Smith Rowe is already getting a lot of minutes and he's already developing and he deserves, well. And he deserves them too. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, Joe Willick is coming back. I, for me, like I don't see Newcastle mm -hmm. splashing that much money um, because he would also have the English premium attached to him. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think he solves nearly enough of Newcastle's problems to uh, warrant that amount of money. But for you, David, 
how do you fix Arsenal's current midfield issues? Yeah, like I said, I, I bring in a, you know, disciplined um, kind of uh, technical holding midfielder um, that can move the ball around pretty quickly. And I'm going to go with Usam Awar um, for that. And, uh, you know, apparently his price has come down a lot and makes him a more, a more viable, <laughs> a more financially feasible candidate for that role. And I think you would pair very well with uh, Thomas Partey. Yes, I agree. Uh, Aurora was also on my list. I think he and Partey could make some sweet, sweet music. Uh, Smith Rowe as well. That midfield three would be uh, quite tasty to watch uh, through very, very skilled players. Um, I, my, my choices sort of ran the gamut. Um, started with James Madison, who is a player that has been linked to Arsenal in recent weeks. Uh, we also uh, brought him in in our career mode theater season. He was a January pickup in the oh, yeah. Aubameyang being sold. Uh, the, the issue with Madison, he was in real life and in FIFA, was that he's quite expensive. Um, I, I think Lester wanted something like $70 million for him. So that's like, you know, if, if common sense thinking about like Arsenal's financial situation plays itself out, like that's pretty much the whole transfer window. If you, if you go well and on James Madison, I don't think that mm -hmm. solves quite enough problems uh, for Arsenal. Uh, I also really like Florian Neuhaus from Mönchengladbach. Mönchengladbach is a team that has just loads of talent. Um, we, we've talked a little bit before about uh, my appreciation for Marcus Turam. I, Christopher Nkunku was another guy from Leipzig that I also thought might fit quite well for Arsenal. I think Smith Rowe does a lot of the things that he can do. And now a guy that we've seen in the Euros excel for Italy, Manuel Locatelli, he's kind of the, the hub for Italy's sort of that pivot position that like you're talking about because he plays next to Jorginho who only passes it sideways. So Locatelli is sort of that more vertical <laughs> option there. Jorginho is the Kyle Beckerman of he Italy. Is. Yes. Jorginho <laughs> okay, is super good, but like he, in, in terms of like, you know, being fun to watch, I, I can't, except for maybe his penalty run up. I can't say he, he adds a whole lot. But yeah, Locatelli, I think, would be good for Arsenal, um, especially after this Euro tournament. I think he might be too expensive. But one guy who is not going to be too expensive because he plays for Brighton is Yves Basuma, who is my choice for Arsenal's new midfielder. Uh, he is from Mali. He's 24. His current transfer mark value is $27.5 million, which to me is a freaking bargain. Arsenal, get in there. Like, Yves Basuma is such a good player. Uh, if you look at him on tape, you look at his advanced stats. What is he good at? Everything. <laughs> he's a good passer. He's a good destroyer. And he's got a heck of a shot. Uh, he's all his work rate's really good, and he doesn't really have any major weaknesses. So you talk about a guy who can cover a lot of ground, good link-up play between the defensive attack or something you talked about, can play that pass through the lines that you know threatens the opposition back line. He can do all that stuff. Uh, great athlete. Quick. Like I would just be so jealous of this if Arsenal could pull it off. Now, buying a Brighton player, we'll talk about this in a minute too, would kind of put them out of the, the Ben White sweepstakes. But if I have to choose between, you know, 35 million for Eve Basuma and a lot more than that for Ben White, give me Eve because the, the boy's oh, good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think him and Partey, similar skill sets, honestly, but Basuma's just a, a younger version and like, if you put those two guys together, like that is a athletic, powerful, smart, um, technical midfield. I think would be very difficult 
for Premier League uh, attackers to try and get through. Dave, how do you feel about old Eve here? I, w- I was very impressed by, you know, his play uh, against us mm-hmm. in our, you know, second game with them this season. Um, you know, he was very composed on the ball um, and, you know, solid, solid defender as well. Um, and, you know, all of those attacking options that we mentioned don't do you much good if you can't get them the ball. And I don't know, Granite Jaco is sitting there, you know, for five seconds looking for a ball to play that isn't sideways. Um, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm a big fan. I would be very happy to have him. And uh, I agree with your, you know, decision to want a guy in that role. And I don't think we need to bring in anyone that would get in the way of Smith Rowe because to me, you know, the second brightest spot in our team last season was him. Um, you know, you have Saka and Smith Rowe were, you know, our two most dangerous players on the field uh, for most of the season last year. And so, again, I don't want to really bring in anyone that would kind of stunt his development. So I would love to see those two. Uh, you know, I would love to see Basuma behind him. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've seen a good bit of Basuma and is a guy that, like isn't valued all that much and <laughs> sort of like his manager at Brighton. Like I think him playing for Brighton sort of puts people off. Like we finished 17th. Like, yeah, but he's super good. Um, now Arsenal's problems obviously don't stop in the midfield because they have had some significant issues with the boys behind the midfield as well. So we're going to move on now to the defender situation which I know Dave just raises your blood pressure a little bit, even mentioning it. Um, so what, currently, oh God. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal have Hector Bellerin, Kieran Tierney, sorry, I guess it, Kellen Tierney, um, Gabriel, uh, Rob Holding, Callum Chambers still around somehow. Pablo Marie, uh, I, I put a question mark behind Saliba's name because like, I know he's technically on the payroll, but, He's gotten loaned out the last two seasons, and I just keep hearing good things about him, but I don't know if Arteta's just, like, not impressed, but um, he, he seems like he's pretty good. He's obviously still super young. Um, I had center back as Arsenal's second biggest area of need, especially a right-footed one because Gabriel is left-footed, um, and Gabriel looks like a long-term piece. You know, not spectacular last season, but, you know, good enough, and he's just promising. Yeah, definitely some room to grow there. And especially if you think about the fact that he spent a lot of his season next to David Luiz, <laughs> like you can sympathize a little bit with old Gabriel there, um, hoping that he gets better. Um, but David, in your opinion, where do you look? And don't say Jose Haya uh, for a defender for Arsenal. Dang it. If I didn't love Kieran Tierney so much, I, w- I would say that for sure. Um <laughs> But I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit and go with a guy that has some flexibility in terms of playing, um, uh, you know, right fullback and uh, defensive midfield. And I'm going to say Tyler Adams, um, the American <laughs> from RB Leipzig. Um, I, uh, you know, I've watched him a little bit with the national team and um, I've been very impressed with his skill set and you know he fits a need and um 
it's also friends with Smith Rowe, so that can't hurt as well. Um, get that get that chemistry from uh, Smith Rowe's loan over in Germany. Um, but uh, he's he's young and uh, he seems like a guy that uh, would fit really well um, in terms of our needs and our style of play. So uh, he's he's a guy he's a guy that excites me and um, yeah, just uh, I think we should also not you know spend ten million on a thirty two year old defender with a uh, frizzy hairstyle again like we did two years ago. <laughs> Yeah, um, it didn't work out super well the first time. Um, I mean, I, I love Tyler Adams for that. Like, I it, I think in what I've seen of him, I like him more as, as a defensive midfielder. Um, obviously, quite good at right back as well. Like, and just in my head, how much American Arsenal Twitter would just like lose their minds if mm-hmm. Tyler Adams went to Arsenal mm-hmm. um, would almost be worth it in and of itself. Uh, but he's super good. I think Arsenal could do a lot worse. And uh, Leipzig are currently in a big time selling mood, uh, having you know shipped off Upamecano and Konate in, in the same window. Uh, when once again, uh, yeah, yeah. Life, yeah. Art. yeah. When, when when have they done that before yeah okay can we just talk about this for a second like i've texted you like every other day about like things it, having in real life like we, I mean, we saw um aaron ramsdale being yes. smart, so we're like what the hell <laughs> like yes. <laughs> yes i mean it came out of nowhere yeah everyone everyone was like what is this and we were like well we bought him so they've been copying off our notes yeah. um I'm trying to, there have been a few more that like I've just like seen on yeah James Madison like Which, we kind of bought him as an afterthought he definitely wasn't at the top of our list but just the fact that we were like this would never happen but we have the money for it in this uh fake video game world and now all of a sudden it's like actually plausible yeah and to which I'm like uh you know my problem with the Madison rumors, and this is a total sidetrack, but um, I'm going to go with it. Uh, it's a safe Lester, Lester finished above us in the table, and that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for that reason, I, I I don't really see it happening. But, you know, yeah. well, anyways, that, yeah. Um, and let's see who else, because there were more. <laughs> there were others. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just been, it's been a fun uh, window to just kind of look around and be like, hey, this is insane. <laughs> like, um, I, there are a couple that we've pulled off in season two that I don't want to mention um, that right. you know, have been kicked around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that has definitely been one of the the more fun aspects of this is just texting you and being like, Dave, <laughs> are they listening to our show? Probably not. <laughs> but, um, maybe they should. It's a good show. Um, Maybe but, fake Mikel is uh, real Mikel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, in my mind, a, a guy that plays specifically center back, because I, I sort of focused on that, assuming that uh, Bellerin stays and you have Tierney on the left, Bellerin on the right, which is a solid fullback pairing. Um, a center back for Arteta has got to be good playing the ball. Like that's, you know, you got to be good at, at stopping and organizing, obviously, but playing it out from the back possession oriented system. Like he's got to be comfortable with the ball at his feet and preferably he's got to be right footed. So where I started was back in the Bundesliga with the team that I mentioned earlier, that just is a talent factory uh, is Edmund Tapsaba from Leverkusen is this 
tree of a man. Um, he's a fantastic player, but he's too expensive. Arsenal uh, would not be able to afford him. He's going to be a Bayern Munich player eventually. Um, it's, it's only it's, a matter of time. Yes, as God intended it. Yep. Um, and, and I kept finding issues with the players I, I thought Arsenal might be uh, smart to bring in because Ben White's also on my list. But like I said earlier, if they bring in Basuma, which they totally should, Brighton is probably not going to be like, oh, also here's our best defender. Um, I, Ezri Kanza was another guy from Aston Villa. I think it's actually a perfect fit. And they had a fantastic season last year. He's young, um, but he uh, he's a Tottenham fan. So I, I don't think that would go over particularly well uh, with the Arsenal faithful. And you know, there's examples of that working out all right in the history of European soccer. But um, I also want Kanza to come to Tottenham. Um, <laughs> And then another option that I, I think would be great, I think he might be a little bit too young, uh, is Maxence Lacroix from Wolfsburg. He's kind of a new guy on the scene. Last year, he really broke through, and his transfer value just spiked. Um, I think he's 21, 22, but he's big, he's quick, good on the ball. Like, I think he it would be a good long-term option. But the guy that I have gone with, and it's kind of a boring choice, that's because this, uh, this guy is a little older uh, than – uh, the guy, the, the kind of guys that I would typically profile for Arsenal, a team that I think in more long-term success is Manuel Akanji from Borussia Dortmund. He's 26, um, but he's just so solid physically and in terms of his play, his athletic, he's going the ball. He has great experience because uh, he's, he's been a starter at his club and at international level for multiple years now. He's Swiss. Uh, he's a great carrier of the ball and he's a progressive passer, which I think is good. And he's more significantly less mistake prone <laughs> than a lot of the uh, center backs that Arsenal have had in the past couple of years, uh, looking at you specifically, Skadrin Mustafi. Um, but that is my choice. Dave, how familiar are, familiar are you with Manuel's work and are, are you on board with that? Are you shipping Manuel? I'm, I'm down. You know, Switzerland's my spirit country. Yeah, so. I also had that in mind. It was like talking <laughs> a Switzerland stand. <laughs> Not going to complain. No, I haven't. I hadn't seen him play much, um, you know, before the Euros, but obviously I'll, uh, you know, turn on, turn on the Swiss matches. Um, and I've, I've seen him play and I'm, you know, he's, he's done, he's done pretty well in those. And, um, you know, obviously, I'm not so much a fan of their captain, um, but I can get on board with uh, Akanji for sure. And, um, you know, coming from a club like Dortmund, he's, um, you know, he can handle the psychological side of moving to a big club because he's already at a big club. And so, you know, we don't necessarily have the risk of uh, a younger guy that, you know, we seem to have plenty of, but aren't quite ready yet. Yeah. Saliba. Um, <laughs> allegedly anyways uh, yeah i'm down yeah he, he's definitely a, a plug and play kind of guy like manuel's ready for game week one just toss him out there and not have to worry about uh, your right side center back nearly as much now there is what one is, what is that like yeah. what is that like i don't know i bro you're talking to the wrong freaking guy okay <laughs> ask me in 2017 quick answer right now nothing <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, this, we could have a whole different Tottenham podcast, but obviously that's not what the people want. So, um, we st I still don't have a manager and that's, 
that's a thing. Us in Everton and Crystal Palace just chilling out there without a freaking coach. Um, so that's it. Don't even worry about the players. Like, wait, got the sporting director filled, but we're, we're still a couple of layers away from that. Um, but I digress. We have one more position group left for Arsenal, and that is the one between the posts, which at the moment, uh, Burnt Brad Leno is uh, still Arsenal's number one. A lot of talk of him wanting out. Um, I would, I'd be quite sad uh, just because I've, I've grown quite attached to, to Brad um, from our uh, portrayal of him in our show. But David, who, if Brad were to sadly move on, would you want to see in Arsenal's goal next year? Yeah, man, that, uh, that would be a real hit to our hashtag narrative right there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, with, with, goalkeeper uh i mean obviously there's there's not a whole lot of uh you know and chelsea fans would disagree with this but the, to me there's not a whole lot of like value above replacement there so mm-hmm. you can you know kind of go grab almost anyone um but i am uh gonna go with my heart here because i didn't go with my heart in the midfield because mm-hmm. i would have said aaron ramsey yeah <laughs> bring him back um <laughs> you get sensing a theme here like i just want all the old players but no um but i want uh that man was check chesney um the the polish the polish goalkeeper currently applying his trade at juventus but um obviously his contract is running down and um there have been some whispers that that's a possibility and you know, to me, he would represent um, that character in the locker room and a very, very much a character that um, that knows what it was like um, back when things were better. Because, <laughs> I mean, he spent a decade at Arsenal and or more. And, um, you know, he has seen all the greats and he... Uh, more importantly knows uh you know kind of the weight of wearing the badge and i would i i wouldn't mind seeing him back in town at all yeah oh definitely the the romantic choice yeah even if he is a little crazy all goalkeepers are a little crazy yeah so there you go he is a little crazy um i i think it would be because juventus have put themselves in kind of a tough spot um because buffon obviously is as old as dirt and is now going back to Parma for his 26th professional season. Um, they swung and missed on Gigi Donnarumma who's, who's going to PSG now. Like, I don't, I don't know how, if you're Juventus and you're the most powerful team in Italy, how you just totally whiff on like your goalkeeper of the future. Like, I don't care what you have to pay him. Like just, just throw the entire checkbook at him until he says yes. Um, and that sort of leaves Chesney as you know, the odd man out there. Um, so I, unfortunately, I, I think they're probably going to do their best to hold on to him for a little while longer until they can find uh, a better solution. Of uh, you know, and they sort of treat Syria ah like uh, Bayern treats Germany, which is like, oh, Sassuolo, you've got a nice player there. Well, we'll take a Locatelli. Why not? Um, you know, Fiorentina, I like your Chiesa. <laughs> I will also bring that over here. So uh, and there's a, a few different keepers in Italy that I think they could probably choose from. So I I, I think there's hope for Chesney making a, a rather dramatic turn return back to Arsenal. Um, 
but I think it's it's mostly going to be in your dreams, David. <laughs> like, That's okay. I yeah. can stay there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so my choice, and I mean, my choice is really Bert Leno. Um, I, I don't, you know, if I'm Arsenal, I'm like, Brad, please don't leave. I'm like, this, you're our best player. <laughs> like, we, we need you to you know, usher us into the future. Um, because, I mean, he's, he's a long-term piece when they brought him in. Uh, and, like, and he's, he's been a good servant for the club and i think he could be an even longer term piece uh if they can you know convince him to stay uh the one that i would go with is probably andre onana who has been pretty heavily linked with arsenal recently he's coming off a doping suspension so it's his transfer value has dropped significantly so if you're going for a bargain buy um definitely uh slide in there if i'm arsenal uh he's also not particularly old and in terms of like guys who have performed on big stages, like I know he's been in Ajax for the majority of his career, um, but like on their Champions League semifinal run, he was amazing. <laughs> like he was absolutely incredible. He's like 21 year old guy um, holding it down back there. Like him and Tadic, uh, I mean, they also had De Ligt and uh, Frankie de Jong at that point, um, but yeah, Tadic and Onana at that point are probably your players of the season. Um, for them. So if I'm Arsenal and I'm staring at uh, that, that beautiful blonde head of Burn Leno's walking out the door, uh, Andre Onana would probably be uh, the first call I would make. There's a couple of English keepers that would also be of interest. Uh, Nick Pope, I would say, first and foremost, would probably be on that list. Dean Henderson, I think, would probably be too expensive for Man U. Um, but as we have seen, conventional wisdom where you go out into another country and bring in a guy to lead your back line uh, doesn't always work. We, we mentioned Chelsea a second ago, uh, at least as a subtweet. Um, and uh, I don't think Arsenal want to wind up with another Kepa. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I definitely think Onana would be the top of the list. And then if that were to unfortunately fall through, uh, look within England if they could. Now, David, we are still a couple of months out from the Premier League season. It's getting closer and closer. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Um, but at that time, we will be releasing episodes for season two of Career Mode Theater. And I have been in the process of listening through all of our ridiculous banter and, and writing some some episodes and I'm, I'm quite excited about where the season's going to go. Um, there's, there's, you know, we, we've settled in to this show and our characters in the show itself have settled into their positions. Uh, and speaking of season twos that we are both eagerly anticipating that are to do with soccer. So Ted Lasso dropped. I, know where, today. Yep. I, I knew where that was going. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, and I, I will say that Ted Lasso season one has had a significant impact on uh, the the writing and, and storylines of mm. season two of Career Mode Theater, which can only be a good thing because Ted Lasso yeah. is fantastic. So yeah. Very, yeah, very quickly, Coggin, I know that you and I have talked at length about uh, Ted Lasso season one. But what are you looking forward to the most in season two from, from the trailer today? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh... I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking forward to other than all of it. Yeah. Um, so I just finished my fifth rewatch. Mm-hmm. Or it was my fifth watch through. So fourth rewatch um, of season one. 
Yeah. It's only 10 episodes, but like, it's just 50 hours of TV. So good. That's so good. Um, Let's see. What am I looking forward to the most? Um, Let's see. Honestly, I I want, I want more beard. I, I need more, I need more beard. Yeah. Coach, Coach Beard is probably my favorite character in season one. Um, I mean, again, there are so many good ones to pick from that you either love to hate or, you know, hate to love. And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, continuing all the, the character arcs. I mean, we saw so many good ones, like name, name a character on the show and yeah. it, probably was not a flat character across Mm -hmm. even just season one yeah and uh i expect more of the same in season two um uh what i would well okay this is my answer i'm looking forward to uh a little bit uh more skilled stunt doubles for the uh, soccer scenes Um, (laughs) and uh yeah just uh tidy things up a little bit on that front that's my literally my only complaint about the entire show is the you know some of the game scenes are a little little rough yeah what what i think is going to happen there is uh apple tv plus is going to be like well we made a bunch of money off of season one so would you like uh double the budget (laughs) so i I think we'll probably get even from the trailer like the the the, wide shots they showed of sellers park um and the, the little bit of gameplay they showed in the trailer i was like ooh, that looks that looks nice. <laughs> that looks significantly better. Um, they also uh, released some AFC Richmond merch <laughs> that I'm like lobbying my wife to let me get some of. I literally just just one shirt. Like, and I, I I need this moment where I'm like in an airport or something wearing my AFC Richmond shirt. Um, and oh, yeah, you know, I yeah exactly. I need it. Like, I can have somebody be like, "Hey, you did last like, Yeah. Um, so, but like, I I think I'm uh most looking forward to as far as like storylines go the continuation of jamie tart's arc mm-hmm. like i was just, it was it was a highlight for me of season one um i also just missed the jokes uh you you mentioned uh coach beard obviously it's just a joke fountain um but uh and roy also gets some low-key gets some of the funniest moments uh through season one um so i'm, I'm looking forward to to more of that dry humor and the moments where we get a little bit more depth from Ted like that. I just like the, the dart scene is one of my favorite scenes in all of television. I think in, in yep. TV history is just, just when you see the behind the curtain, a little bit of who Ted actually is and how intelligent he is um, and how cultured, like the, uh, one of my favorite jokes of, of season one was uh, when he corrects uh, the, the owner about, uh, the King and I versus Oklahoma. Um, Ted's seen a lot of musicals. Um, Do you play a lot of darts, Ted? Yeah, but that was super funny and, and super well executed. So um, in addition to our season two, I think that would definitely be something to look forward to for the folks. If you have not seen Ted Lasso season one, you're welcome, Apple TV, that we're uh, giving you some free advertising. But um, like I can send you our uh, PayPal account. <laughs> but... Uh, before we get out of here, David, is there anything that you would like to tell the people? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I would like to tell the people other than, 
you yeah. should probably listen to our podcast. You should. And where, and where can they do that? Anywhere, anywhere, like literally, literally, literally anywhere. anywhere. Like name, name a podcast. And I will take platform. a second. Yeah, I, I want to take a second to uh, to pander to our need for uh, reviews because that is something I was looking at the stats earlier today. And yeah, we just if you like our show, and we know that at least a couple of you do, uh, we would love for you to give us a rating on iTunes or uh, on Apple Podcasts, I should say, and also leave us a review. That really helps other people find us. And our audience has grown a lot and we love all of you guys uh, who have listened and are so happy with how much it's grown so far, but we would love to bring more friends along. And uh, a big way that we can do that is by getting ratings and reviews. So because the 2021 Premier League season is going to start here in a few weeks, my goal is to get 21 ratings. I think we're at like seven or eight right now on Apple okay. podcasts and then 21 reviews as well. So if you have stuck around this far in this episode, hit pause and go and give us a glowing review uh, on Apple podcasts so that we might expand our audience and bring more and more friends into this madness that we have created. David, it has been fun as always look forward to talking to you again very soon. Absolutely. Thank you.